My eyes are up here. That's my penis <laughs> down there. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Bowl after bowl. Bowl, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. We're stoned. No, I'll roll it, I'll roll it. You get too much spit on it. And what are we going to do with all that spit on it? I mean, jeez. Time for a blunt. Time for a big fatty. Hey, you're with us. It's Tuesday, Token Tuesday. Listen to Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And it's Bowl After Bowl, episode 78, brought to you eventually after many technical hurdles that just rear their ugly heads out of nowhere. You know, the the type of hurdles I'm talking about. The audio gremlins? Yeah, you know. Uh, you can have a stream going for 150 hours straight with no flaws, no... Uh, no hiccups, no nothing, and you're just playing dumbass music on YouTube. But then when you got a show to do, yeah, then when you got a show to do, it all goes to hell in a handbasket, doesn't it? Yeah, right at showtime. Right course. at showtime. Right at showtime. Uh, for those curious, <laughs> the the solve, the solution, the magic bullet was unplugging my USB device. So I have a USB soundboard. So I unplug the soundboard from uh, USB port 4, and I plugged it into USB port 2. Hmm. And that seemed to just magically solve everything. And so now it's coming through, and uh, we bring the show to you. Easy peasy. After about, what, 40 minutes of looking? Yeah, you know, at least. I think it was more than an hour. Mm, that's right, because you started Because I started before 9. Yeah, before. And, you know... Uh, John and Andrew kind of stalled for me a little extra, but still to no avail. They did, they did. Still to no avail. But that's all right. We're here. We made it work. We are making it happen. That's right. And uh, I will just say right off the bat that tonight I gained a newfound respect for our friends, John and Carolyn, who, you know, they have had hiccups and headaches of their own. And um, the way they can just keep cool and handle themselves like no big deal is just phenomenal to me. Because I get all fucking worked up and pissed off. <laughs> and, you know, it's just not pretty, man. No, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. There's no other way to say it's it. It's actually fucking embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing! <laughs> I know I have that. But, uh, you know. It's fucking embarrassing! Not always right at the fingertips. But hey! We're here, and we're here not just on our own accord. We're here because of a lot of people, and we always want to start off every episode by thanking everybody who makes sure that we keep coming back, and um, many of you know we're a value for value podcast, so right up front, you know, we throw it out there. It's free to listen live. It's free to go back and listen to all the episodes, and it always will be, but... 
Uh, everybody knows. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. So, basically, you don't want to be the mooch. Dude, I've been mooching off you for years. You want to return value if you receive value. And that's the whole concept of value for value. Lots of ways to do that. Lots of ways. Uh, Curry always says it, time, talent, and treasure. You know, make us, uh, make us a stinger, make us a little clippy, send us a voicemail. Um... We, every week we have a first time I ever topic, so it changes. You can always submit ideas for first time I ever. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about the first time I ever went to a nude beach. And uh, the way to weigh in on that, you can text the line. Um, but the best way, the most entertaining way is to leave a voicemail, and that's super easy. All you got to do is call 816 there's some talent uh speaking of time talent and treasure time and talent are uh in high supply in the community we're blessed for that and uh that was the receipt sitter of course with our beautiful voicemail jingle and um, we love that kind of stuff. It's another way to contribute value back to the show. And, of course, treasure. We love your treasure. It keeps the nodes running. It keeps the servers running. It keeps all the things that we have to pay for to keep the show coming. Uh, paid for and up to date and all the bills paid. So I want to thank some people just in order of donation. Uh, starting off with Metis. Our good friend Mita sent us 20 bucks. We thank you very much Woo-hoo. for that. Thanks, Mita's. And uh, he just has a simple note. Love y'all. Aw, we love you too, Mita's. Love you, Mita's. Love you, mean it, Mita's. Next is Sir Saturday. Sir Saturday sent us in a $10 donation. Woohoo! You know him, you love him, you want him for Christmas. Uh, in <laughs> fact, let me pull up the note here. Um... I got this last Friday. Ten bucks. Uh, this is for saying you love it, you want it for Christmas on the podcast. <laughs> Sir Saturday. Uh, you know him as Billistic on the No Agenda socials. But he's known by many names. Uh, Billistic, a.k.a. Strokey Bill, a.k.a. Bill the Conqueror, a.k.a. Bill the Retard, a.k.a. the People's Champion, a.k.a. the Rainmaker, a.k.a. the Man Who Knew Too Much, a.k.a. the Ghost of Christmas present, the man, the myth, the legend, and a producer for this show. Thank you very much. We definitely appreciate that. Um, he was on there on the No Agenda Social. He's, he's got a lot of wants. The guy, the guy <laughs> wants a lot. Uh, he wanted, you posted that maternity pic yeah. a couple weeks back, and he was like, do you have anything less classy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course we do. Yeah. All of that can be found uh, at OnlyFans.com slash Lorian, yep. which is yet another way to provide value uh, for nudes and lewds and other things. Um, we've been talking for months about moving to our own service, and it's just like there's so much piled up on the to-do list, which is kind of a recurring theme on the show. Um, but we're actually working with Metis to get some of that kind of stuff set up. It's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things. We're getting around to it. The uh, final donor on our list today is the one and only 
John Fletcher. Woo! Thanks, Fletch. His 420 monthly donation came in. So appreciate that, sir. And uh, for all, all of our uh, all of our producers today, and all of those who are not mooches, we very much appreciate it. And this is for you. I'ma give you this joint, nigga. Light it up, spark it up, and uh, yeah, yeah. And also thank much- you to Carolyn and Fletcher for having us on Hog Story last Thursday. That's right. It was uh, episode 177, Empty Mascara. Yes, because last Thursday was 422. Which, of course, is 422. So that was fantastic. And uh, it worked out, too, because their episode was 177, and then our 420 episode two days before was 77. So, like, the stars and the numbers and everything just aligned. We were able to give them our uh, neon light That's gift. Right. Added that to the smoker. We had a, we had a big neon light made uh, that said Pork Smoke Nation. Uh, so that's in the smoker now. Thing is, fucking awkward to put in the car, but um, we got it there. We got it there unbroken. I got a guy that does neon because that shit's like illegal now. So you have to have a guy for that. But yeah, excellent addition to the smoker. And it's always fun to hang out with those guys. It's always like a blast, man. And really, really, we should credit them for even being back alive. We That's started true. this podcast in 2014. Did it for around a year, maybe a little less than a year. And then we kind of fell off the planet Earth. And uh, it wasn't until being guests on Hog Story again that we were like, hey, all of the shit is down here in the studio. Like, let's just turn it back on. Let's get the show back on. Why? What are we doing? What are we doing with our lives? So we've been back every week since. This, was, this came very close, I will say, to being the first week of no show. Well, I come um, down here and the first thing you say is, well, nothing's working, so I guess there's no show tonight. <laughs> And I was oh, like, yeah. no, 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 no. Sometimes it just takes 45 minutes to an hour to figure it all out, but you gotta persevere. I appreciate the words of encouragement, too. I really do. I mean, it's like, if we didn't have such a dedicated core crowd of people, like, waiting and listening and, like, rooting for us to win and keep going and succeed, then it just it wouldn't be possible. It just wouldn't, wouldn't be, be possible there. for me. Yeah, it, I would. I would have walked away. Um, so thank you. I really, I really mean that. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, because y- y'all keep me going in ways that you'll probably never understand fully. Um, yes. What else did I say? Oh yeah, meetup number two, Saint Joe Redux. Yes. We're gonna go back to Saint Joe because uh, Sir Bila was not there. He was, I think, in Mexico or something. Somewhere warm. Somewhere nice. Uh, not that it wasn't like real warm in St. Joe. It was pretty, it was pretty all right. It was a nice day. day. It was a nice day. But, uh, the 22nd of May, you're hearing it here first. I haven't made the meetup yet, but that's the only Saturday in May that I had empty. And, uh, you said, oh, like that was a bad thing. Oh, it's just really close to my due date. It is really close. (laughs) It's close to Lorian's due date. So, But your dad has wanted to go to a meetup. I'm going to try and drag his ass to St. Joe and also like worst case scenario, the you know Serbila will be there and everybody else will be there and you know just you know it might not it might not be with me if you if you're going into labor then it might not be with me the meetup Meh. you know the meetup might not they be have with a me. really nice bathroom i'll be there, with you so maybe i'll just go anyway <laughs> yeah okay i mean yeah I why mean, not it's a really nice bathroom a pretty big bathroom yeah 
That's the cleanest bar I think I've ever been to. It was a lovely time. And yeah. uh Yeah, by popular demand we're gonna go back again and then maybe a Saint Joe meetup will just kinda keep going. Um that would be kinda cool. This is gonna keep going. You can just keep meeting up and uh Hell, you don't yeah. need me. You don't need me to do it. St. Joe's spinoff, just like we uh, we kind of kicked off the Springfield spinoff. That's right. Yeah, the um, um, Brink, Brinkomania came to our first. That's right. Brinkomania came to the first KC meetup, and he was just kind of scoping it out, seeing how we did it. He was the first one there. He even beat us to the meetup. Yeah. And ever since, he's been doing Springfield meetups. So, more meetups, more Missouri meetups, Missouri Power. I always love how Missouri's like pretty well represented in the uh no agenda donation segments too it's pretty great it is great pretty great you can always count on the missouri missouri boys come through lots of tennessee too yeah but of course all over the country and all over the world everybody loves no agenda hell yeah um i had a bit of lightning stuff to talk about i don't know if you wanted to do oh i also want to announce Bulls with Buds. There's another one coming on Friday. We're going to be talking to uh, my good friend Mike Hagen, who I spoke to on his radio show a couple of times in the past month. And uh, we'll have a link in the show notes for the, the latest time I got the recording of it. Called in and talked a little bit about, you know, Bitcoin life, decentralization, uh, podcasting 2.0 is like the main thing. I'm trying to evangelize, obviously. Um, but then the whole lightning layer on top of the blockchain, which is what we're really diving into and getting acquainted with. I've got a few of you bowlers out there, uh, trying to get in on that. There's a lot, the Sphinx tribe is growing. I think we're up at 27 members in there. The, uh, nodes keep beefing up. I want bigger channels. I want more channels. Um, but I just want to talk a little bit about kind of what you want to aim for and what you want to read and kind of what my vision is going forward for this sort of stuff. Now, first and foremost, I'm, I'm trying to dive in and figure out how to get people piggybacked onto my node so that they can earn sats into a wallet of their own choosing without having to run a node. Um... Sphinx is going to come out with an Uncle Jim ver, uh, method of their own where you can get people into Sphinx on your own node. And that's supposed to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's pretty Im imminent from what I'm hearing. So uh, that'll be a way to get Sphinx tribes up and running, and I'll piggyback people on my node that way. But honestly, the long-term advice that I have for everybody is to get a node somehow, run a node. The best way to do it would be on a computer that's in your place, that's just always on and always connected, always plugged into Ethernet. Uh, you can do it on a Raspberry Pi. You don't have to do Raspberry Blitz. You can do Umbral, I think, is the most common one. Umbral is not 100% open source. They have an app store of their own. They have kind of a ecosystem. But it is the most user-friendly from what I'm hearing. I've not tried it myself. Uh, uh, a lot of the open source purists throw shade on at it because of the uh, certain closed systems that it has but as far as usability goes I'm seeing really good things from people who use it and I think that that is by far the most common home node it's like 60% of the home nodes use umbral there's also something called my node that you can put on a raspberry pi 
there's a lot of different things besides just raspy blitz. So the only two things I have personal experience with are a voltage node. I run a light node over there, have for uh, all year. And then the raspy blitz, which is almost a month old. I think it's three weeks old right now. So really you want to get a node of your own because that is your, that's your power and that's your source of, you know, sending and receiving that you control. Uh, a resource that I just recently discovered uh, is the OpenNOMS Gitbook uh, documentation. So OpenNOMS is a guy who's pretty active in the Raspy Blitz uh, telegrams and Sphinx Tribe and everywhere that Raspy Blitz is uh, kind of talked about. He's really deeply involved, I think, in the project. And he has a lot of documentation. If you go to OpenNOMS, O-P-E-N-O-M-S, dot gitbook.io slash lightning hyphen node hyphen management. I know it's a lot. I'm going to have an easy link in the show notes, but this, uh, this page has so much good info and really cleared up a lot of things that I've been kind of pounding my head against a brick wall about lately. Uh, it has a nice little overview that just talks about what peer connections are, what channels are, how to receive, what to aim for on channel size, all of these kinds of things. So moving forward, what I'm trying to do is become a, a routing node, a node that's chosen f to route payments through more often. And the way you do that is you have a lot of inbound and outbound liquidity. You want to have a node that has the ability to send and receive big chunks of sats at a time. And the easier it is to move through your node, the more likely it is that payments will choose your node to move through. And you can set up to get uh, little tiny fees. I'm talking like sats at a time, uh, single digit sats at a time in most cases to route payments. Another thing I'm looking into that was brought up on Podcasting 2.0 uh, that even a lot of the hardcore guys don't seem to know a lot about yet is something called a channel factory. Um, and from what little I've read about channel factories, they are going to give you the ability to open and close off-chain channels, which would reduce your need to make on-chain transactions by about 90%. So saving shitloads of fees in a time where the on-chain Bitcoin fees are pretty high right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and paste this document in the chat too just so people can take a look at it Dee -dee -dee. i think servo already beat you to it oh did he oh yes he did look at that way to go servo you're on top of it yes there's three also this kind of solidifies what are you trying to do with your node there's three main node types one is a merchant if you're a merchant i would say that most podcasters should aim to be like a merchant node basically you want incoming liquidity you want inbound liquidity to be a merchant node because your main objective is to receive sats. You're not going to be ascending as much as you're going to be receiving. And so a merchant, uh, it doesn't really require as many sats to set up. You can buy incoming liquidity from different places. I've seen like Brian of London, I think, did it for his uh, node. There's a few different places you can do that. But also there's a Sphinx tribe. Uh, I think it's called Lightning Liquidity Group or something like that. But basically their aim is to 
open up channels to one another. Lightning Liquidity Lounge, excuse me. Uh, and they're always opening channels up to one another, and they're, you know, helping each other expand their nodes and their channels. So the best channels to have are large and um, balanced. What that means is you have about the same outbound as you have inbound uh, liquidity or capacity. The best way to do that is in what's called a trusted swap. So I'm, again, I'm reading from the open noms docs under advanced tools. There's a button called methods to create a balanced channel with a trusted peer. And the first thing listed is the trusted swap. So this is the best way to do it because it's super efficient, but you have to trust the other node. It can't just be some rando it has to be somebody trustworthy because you're putting basically half of your liquidity at risk sending it to them on the promise that they'll send it back. The advantages of that, it creates uh, a channel going two directions with the same amount of liquidity. And it's also free to pay the peer on the lightning side. So basically what you do is you open a channel. Say you want a channel that has a million sat capacity. You open that million sat channel to the peer once the channel is confirmed, you get them to give you an invoice, and then you pay half of the channel capacity. So you pay 500,000 sat invoice. That's going to be a lightning payment, which is you know, free or one sat fee or something. Uh, in fact, if you do it right and you set your fees to zero, it can be a free uh, payment. Then you're going to send them an on-chain Bitcoin address to pay back the 500,000 sats and you're going to set the fee really low. Now let me talk a little bit about fees too, because fees can be a big pain in the ass right now. Um, and people just kind of click the default and go with the default. The way that fees work on chain is you can set a certain amount of sats per value block. The higher your fee that you set, or the higher that you're willing to pay, the faster your transaction will go through. The lower you set it, the longer it will take, but it'll still go through uh, if it's high enough. So there's a tool, there's a few different tools like uh, mempool.space, or excuse me, um, I should look this up because I'm talking out my ass. Yeah, mempool.space is actually right. How about that? That's the one that most people use, and that will show you what the last block's uh, fees were and also the estimated time it would take uh, and the minimums. So on the right side, the purple blocks are showing like the last blocks that were processed. 84 sats of value block, 174, 83, 185. If you're playing with uh, kind of the size of the channels that we're talking about, all of those are pretty high. Um, what you're going to want to do is look at the averages on the left and you'll see like 19 sats of value block estimated in about 40 minutes that that will close which is a totally reasonable time to wait um, when you're waiting for a channel to open. When you're waiting for a channel to open, you can take the whole 24 hours. It's not going to be a big deal. Uh, and if you're waiting for a trusted peer to send you back your sats on this, on this channel that you just opened, you can also afford to wait. It's not like you need this confirmation right away. So save your sats. Don't spend them all on fees. Check uh, mempool.space. And uh, there's also what, I think it's called what the fee. Yes, what the fee.io is an even simpler graph. If you pull, pull up what the fee.io, 
it'll just show you everywhere from a half hour to 24 hours the likelihood of certain fees being confirmed. So like right now, 24 hours, you got a 95% chance of getting confirmed with a 16.4 sat per value block fee. So like if I was opening a channel right now, I'd probably just set it at 16 and that would be reasonably low and it would still get confirmed and work out all right. Um, big channels. I'm talking a minimum of a million sats is what I want to start opening channels up with. So it's better for your node to have maybe two or three big beefy channels than it is to have like 12 or 14 little tiny channels. So um, working forward, I want to open channels back and forth with people. And another thing that you can do strategically is to have a group of people that are kind of routing buddies and you keep the fees to zero within each other. So like that way, if you're sending and receiving messages on Sphinx, for instance, there's no fee. If you are just sending payments to one another or if you're streaming sats, there's no fee associated with all those different payments being routed. So um, those are all the different things that I'm looking at. But bottom line, get a node. Uh, that is that is the way to go. And uh, I know that there's some people that are kind of hesitant to go piggyback on other people's nodes that they don't know. Uh, it's going to take me probably at least a couple of weeks to to figure everything out, maybe longer. So um, I I want to bring a value for value situation to onboard to my node. So if I don't have a way to do it value for value, then I'm not going to do it yet. That's kind of my, um, that's my line. That's, that's what I'm, you know, I said I would do it value for value. And so if I can't do it for free and then just say, you know, give me what you feel is right. And whether you want to set that up as an automated percentage or whether you want to just break me off a piece every once in a while or whether you just want to get on for free and stream sets to your podcast, um, all of that is cool. It's value for value style. But if it doesn't work that way, then I'm not interested in doing it. Um, the one that's been, uh, been really heavily pushed is uh, Satoshi's.stream. And, um, you know, that's a way to get it working right now. And Adam and Dave recommend that as one of the ways to get on. And it won't hurt my feelings if you do that. Uh, it's a way to get in right now. And it also won't hurt my feelings if you want to wait for me to figure this thing out. And if you're, you know, if you just say, no, I'd rather stick around and see what Spencer's got to once he gets his thing figured out. That's fine, too, just with the caveat that it's going to take me a second. You know, I'm still learning all of this stuff. And it's pretty deep. I mean, it's not the easiest thing. We talked about, you know, every time we bring up lightning, it's kind of like, this is new territory. This is Wild West stuff. So um, I'll definitely keep everybody posted and, and up to date with everything I figure out. And uh, Metis is kind of going to be my testing soldier. Because <laughs> he's, he's a lot like me that uh, in, you know, let's get in the car and drive it. You know, and if the wheel falls off, then we'll pull over and like put the wheel back on or whatever. Like we'll deal with that when we get there, but let's just start driving. Uh, so I know that together we can test things out and um, maybe resolve some of the headaches. For some of you guys who are Ben's, who are programmers, 
Uh, I would really love to collaborate on some stuff because I have ideas in my head of what I want, but I don't have the depth of coding experience really to make that happen. Um, I think there's so much potential here in Lightning. One of the cool things that I found last night uh, is a tool called Polar. And the easiest thing I can explain it as is like, if you've ever used Postman to play with API calls and test your APIs, uh, Polar is a similar thing, but for a Lightning network. So with Polar, what you can do is you can create a bunch of nodes. You can say, oh, here I have a full Bitcoin node. Here I have a couple light nodes. Then you can say how many sats are in each node. You can open channels between each node. And then you can test your, uh, your Lightning application using this virtual environment and these fake nodes just to see what'll happen and make sure everything's working, make sure the sats are going where they're supposed to go, all of that stuff. So uh, Polar is, is really incredible. Is that P-O-L-L-E-R? It's P-O-L-A-R, like a polar bear. Oh, like a polar bear. Like a polar bear, And yeah. not like Amy Polar. That's okay. right. Yeah, lightningpolar.com is the website uh, if you want to download it and play around. If you're a developer... I would love to talk. Send me an email, spencer at bullafterbull.com. Uh, I know a little bit of full stack, but just um, there are like ideas that I have. There's this old tool called, or old uh, application called Dogecade that isn't around mm -hmm. anymore, but I think we did episode like five or six or something with the guy that uh, developed Dogecade. And I would like to make something similar on the Lightning Network. It was just a really simple. Um, lobby where you could play like battleships and you could play rock paper scissors and just a few dumb simple games against each other for small amounts of dogecoin and i think playing that with sats would be so fun um the gaming aspect is a lot of fun so this weekend um i participated in mint gox uh i think it was mint gox 14 but they do monthly tournaments and um I qualified for the Bitcoin Bounty Hunt tournament. Uh, that was a lot of fun. You can you can go and rewatch it in the <laughs> Twitch. Uh, I was like 11th out of 12. They took the top 12 to qualify. And I just got butt-humped the whole time pretty badly. But another thing that uh, was a little frustrating was... It's all played on the EU server right now. There's a US server and an EU server. And like from where I'm at... I get like a 50 second, 50 millisecond ping on US server and I get like 130 on EU server. So it's almost three times the lag. So I just feel like it's just not as accurate. And when you're playing with the best players in a first person shooter, like every millisecond's going to count on your lag and, you know, when your shots lined up and your timing when you're shooting people. So um, I also am fully uh, cognizant of the fact that I could just be. <laughs> not quite good enough uh, well, I don't know. to compete on that level. But I also find when I'm just playing the game regularly throughout the week, like my ratio when I play on the EU server is like one kill to three deaths. And my ratio when I play on US is like three kills to one death. So, I mean, I can feel a difference when I'm playing. I was going to say watching your t Twitch stream, Twitch stream, uh, you can see like whenever you did get a kill... It's not like you were hitting the person's center of mass. It's like it would be a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. Yeah, you kind of have to... So that ping 
does totally you, come into you, effect. You I almost think. have to like lead people when you're working with the lag. And also there's like at one point where a dude just went right through a wall somehow and I oh, don't know. Guys were disappearing right in front of you. I don't know. And they had uh you showed some of the mod streams, I think. Yeah. A little bit earlier. They were playing uh, Counter Strike. That's right. Um and they were talking about finding cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> and then pulling them out. Yep. And I think Counter-Strike, so, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it happens. I know there's one guy that gets in Bitcoin Bounty Hunter, and he somehow, like, had the run speed jacked up. Whoa. And and it's really easy to tell. Like, somebody's running around too fast. So, uh, that kind of stuff, I guess you can do if you just know enough to about how to tweak the code in a game. Um, womp womp. But, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and get in a little bit to Counter-Strike. There's a tool, uh, with, uh, the Zebedee wallet. If you go to zebedee.io slash infuse, listen to all these links I'm dropping. This is getting kind of ridiculous. I'm sorry. Uh, last one, last one that I'm going to drop and then we'll talk about some other stuff. <laughs> but zebedee.io slash infuse will get you to a tool where you can play Counter-Strike and you basically have a buy-in of sats, and your sats are your health. So when you make a kill or when you um, pick up coins in-game, uh, it's added to your total. And then once you get to zero, you're kicked off the server. So it's kind of like a last-man-standing deal where the last guy uh, wins all these sats in the health. So it's really cool. It's a fun concept. And um, if nothing else, if you game... Uh, with any kind of regular frequency, do some lightning games that actually pay you as you play. Um, and during these tournaments, a lot of the games will jack up the rewards. So I play the Saratobi swing. It's like a little monkey swinging on vines, and you can collect little bitcoins and uh, redeem them immediately as lightning payments. So normally it's 10 sats for a small tip and 15 sats for a big tip. Um, but they bumped it up to 100 and 200 sats at a time. Yeah. So I think I ended up getting like three, 4,000 sats from nice. that game. They had a game called uh, Sat Stacker, which was just a classic push-the-coin game like you see in truck stops sometimes, you know? Oh, it's yeah. got the slidey where you drop the coins and then you're trying to push them into the tray. That game was probably the funnest as far as lightning-enabled because... Every coin that you push off the tray was worth 100 sats. And once you ran out of coins, you could withdraw. So you just click withdraw for your winnings. A QR code pops up. You scan it with your wallet on your phone. Boom. Instantly, it's on your wallet. And then you could buy 10 more coins for 20 sats. So, like, the profit margin was oh, ridiculous, wow. and it just cut you off at 20,000. Once you won 20,000 <laughs> sats, it was like, okay, you're, you're at the limit. Now, was that just because of the tournament that they were doing? That the yeah. prices are buffed so up. So that okay. that the stat the sat stacker game, as far as I know, is only available through their live stream while they're doing their event. Oh wow. So like they just turn it on then. It's not like a game that you can play all the time. It's just kind of exclusive to their event. Uh Bitcoin Bounce and Turbo 84 are two different mobile games uh where you can collect tickets and then every day there's a drawing for sats. And usually the prizes are like 10, 20, 30 sats is what you typically win. Uh, so it's like not a huge payout. But they were giving away like the top prize, I think, was like 250,000 sats for that day in each of those games. 
the top prize for Bitcoin Bounty Hunt was like a million sats. I think the top prize for, or no, the to- total prize pool was a million sats in that. Total prize pool for Counter-Strike was two million sats. So it was awesome. I think I came out with like 45,000 sats just for playing games in one day. Um, yeah. Which which made back our uh, 420 giveaway, which, uh, by the way, congratulations again to Boobery and to Jim C., for splitting that prize. I got it paid out successfully. Woo-hoo. So that was fun. That was cool. I had never made that big of a of a lightning dump to anybody yet. So it's good to know that that kind of stuff works. Get kind of nervous once it gets <laughs> like that high, you know, you're yeah. like, oh God, I hope this goes through. But it was like flawless. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, we are, we're really just dipping our toes into something that's going to be a crazy future. All of this stuff is going to get easier and more popular as time goes on. Uh, most of this stuff is still in beta at best, alpha in a lot of cases. Uh, that game, Bitcoin Bounty Hunt, is in alpha. All of it's alpha. So, like, um, the you know, bugginess is going to be there. Um, adoption is not going to be super high. But I really like to think that we're just taking the first baby steps of the future of money and the future of how we interact with value and with one another in a decentralized way. Yeah. I downloaded a breeze this weekend. You got breeze. And going. played Saru Toby cool. when they were doing the hundred and two hundred sat coin pickups. Isn't it cool how like instantaneous it is? It's just like right away, you know, you yeah. go like, Oh, you win a hundred sats, tap here, and then it sends you right to your wallet, and then you just click OK, and then it comes through. Well, if you do anything on your mobile phone, you have any apps, you've more than likely seen one of those crappy commercials with the Chinese people, and they're like, oh, I can't afford this uh, sandwich at the deli. And someone's <laughs> like, well, just play this game. And yeah. then they play this game, and it shows their PayPal wallet, and it's like <laughs> plus yeah. $100, plus $600. Oh, my gosh, I have $1,800 in my wallet just for playing this game. you got to play this game. I've never found a game like that, but I am getting sats when I play you know, Saru Toby or that, um, I think it's called Bitcoin Solitaire by oh, yeah. B- uh, Bling, but those don't pay as much. And even if you just pay on that monthly uh, tournament day, yeah, I got a thousand sats in like 20, 30 minutes of playing the Saru Toby, which was cool. And then I got the error message, oh, the game's run out of sats, come back tomorrow. I was like, dang it, I started too late. <laughs> but... Yeah, that was a fun... But I took a baby step. I got Breeze. So baby steps, like man. A, a wallet? Ooh. And it's my fault for <laughs> not... Uh, I, sh- I should already have you in Sphinx by now. Um, well, you told me, you're like, you can go ahead and set up uh, the light a uh, lightning node if you want. But we had talked about using the Raspy Blitz. Yeah. So I was like, like no, I, I just want to stick to the plan. I could spin you up an invitation and I could have had you already in by now, but that would make you running a, a Sphinx light node, which is just yet another node. And we really want to be able to just run the raspy blitz. Yeah. So I'm going to get in touch with uh, some people to help me iron that out. It's just like the audio gremlins. You just got to keep trying and troubleshooting and right. figure it out. Exactly. And I'm patient on it. So I did, I will say though, um, Bitcoin bounty hunt is a lot of fun. My ratio sucks, <laughs> but I am in there shooting people and picking boxes up. So it's fun, man. It's yeah. a fun game for sure. And I'm, I'm and it's cool to see the bowl after bowl logo on the walls. Yeah. 
that, even when you die. The sponsorship aspect of it is really cool. You're like, ah, and then you're like, oh, there's bull after bull. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, so that rounds out my lightning uh, rant. But again, please get in touch with me if you uh, are jazzed about maybe working and developing some lightning applications because I have a lot of ideas and uh, I know where I want to go with it. But I, I, the more that I learn about it, the more that I get the feeling that this isn't something that I'm going to be able to just do solamente by myself. This is going to be something that a team has to maybe come together on. And, uh, come together. Yeah. I mean, we could build, we could build beautiful things, man. <laughs> we could build beautiful things. Well, can you imagine saying, I just became a Dogecoin millionaire? Uh, yeah, I always wanted to say that. Yeah, I know, and you have a good imagination, so I worded the question wrong. But one 33-year-old man invested his savings in the meme cryptocurrency with inspiration from Elon Musk. Elon. Reads the headline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had $180,000 in savings um, after he sold uh, some stocks he owned. They noted that he had shares of Tesla and Uber, um, and he bought in when Doge was 4.5 cents, four and a half cents. Nice. If you're not a retard like me reading this, my notes. Um, and yeah, you know, when it hit 45 cents on April 15th, he checked, saw he had over a million bucks in there, posted it to Reddit, and the story went viral. So <laughs> he said that he plans to take 10% out when it hits 10 million. Nice. Yep. Well, fingers crossed for him. It's back down to twenty four cents right now. So yeah. Oh, the the articles are just filled with naysayers and ah, yeah. This is, there's no supply cap like Bitcoin, so this is risky. You know, don't we don't suggest you put your money in here. There's been a <laughs> lot of resistance to adding Dogecoin to different exchanges. Like you can't buy it on Coinbase. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we'll see about it. The the main reason that it gained popularity was just, well, that was one of the reasons, was just that it was, like, easier to mine and easier to, um, you know, accumulate. But the things that they've done with Doge is pretty crazy. I mean, they've sponsored a NASCAR car. <laughs> they, uh, They're trying to get Doge Day on 420. I saw that. <laughs> Make 420 Doge Day. Memes can meme other memes. Of course. Don't dream it, meme it. And don't let your memes be dreams. That's right. Uh, one 33-year-old man didn't have such a good time when he got arrested by Honolulu police for stealing costume jewelry and a baseball cap. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He threatened the lives of mall employees to take the said costume jewelry <laughs> in the baseball cap. Whoops. Not worth it. Not worth it. He wanted to be iced out. <laughs> Rhinestones. Yeah, uh, it's like they didn't. I I was hoping that the article would have stated what the value of his theft was, but they didn't. But I'm picturing like two hundred, three hundred dollars worth worth of mall merchandise. You know, if the hat, like, if the baseball cap was really nice, then yeah, yeah. Hey, costume jewelry can be expensive. Fair enough. I mean, I th it's it's plastic especially if crap. You, but especially <laughs> if you buy it at the mall. Yeah, everything at the mall can be jacked up in price. Unless you're going for those red tag clearance sections like I always do. <laughs> we don't even have a mall. There's no malls around here anymore. Yeah. Malls are dead. Yeah. What are you going to do? 
Rest in pieces, malls. A 33-year-old man died after being stabbed in the head with a garden fork in a street attack. Yeah, the two men who attacked him appeared in court over the murder, but they have not been charged yet. This was in England, I believe, in Grimsby, Saturday night. But the strange thing is that this uh, this headline is running with his age as 33, and the article later puts his age as 36. Huh. But all of his pictures cite him as being 33, like the captions on the photos. Um, so I don't know. Oh, I see. It quotes the police spokesman that said he was 36, but then everywhere else they say he's 33. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Just awful. Something a little off. Murdered in the street at 33. With a garden fork. Jeez. With a garden fork. That's gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's... uh. Not the poke you want. No. <laughs> Not the poke you want. I don't want any other kinds of pokes either. I actually have a, a clip about something I saw Friday that outraged me. Uh-oh. From the CDC. Why don't you play it for me? The CDC has not made any changes to its guidance surrounding pregnant women getting vaccinated for COVID-19. Currently, the CDC states women are eligible and can receive COVID-19 vaccines, but it's a personal choice. Now, that is a bit of a walk back from CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky's comments Friday when she said the CDC recommended vaccinations for pregnant people. CDC recommends that pregnant people receive the COVID-19 vaccine. We know that this is a deeply personal decision, and I encourage people to talk to their doctors or primary care providers to determine what is best for them and for their baby. Yes, Shani. So in an email to CBS News, what we found was that um, when the director said (laughs) she was recommending that pregnant patients... So if you go back to where she starts there, I swear it sounds like she said... Chinese, the Chinese wrote an email. <laughs> I don't know what she said. The woman she's talking to is Tanya. Okay. So it's not like she's saying like Sharice or, uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, you can keep playing it. This is just, you know. Yes, Shiny. So in an email to CBS News, what we found. <laughs> yes, Shiny. Is her name Shiny? No, Tanya. It's Tanya and Katie talking. Oh, Tanya and Katie. Ladies people names. to talk to their doctors and or primary Rochelle care providers to determine what is, is best the for CDC them director. and for their baby. Yes, Shani. So in an email to CBS News, what we found was that um, when the director said that she was recommending that pregnant patients take the vaccine, what she meant to say was that uh, pregnant people are eligible to take the vaccine. Oh, yeah. What she meant to say? Yeah, what she didn't say, but what she meant to say. I see. Don't you love that? I love how they clear that up on the after with an email, yeah. Well, if you look up these stories, though, <laughs> the... All the headlines still read, um, let's see, uh, I believe it literally says, CD, yeah, CDC recommends COVID vaccinations for pregnant women. I really got to stop calling this a vaccination also. Jab is more accurate. Um, but yeah, uh, they... A medical came, stab. <laughs> it came after the CDC released a study that it itself conducted with 30,000 self-reported uh, pregnant women who, you know, talked about their symptoms or whatever. And they're just like, look, it's it's totally safe to get asterisk Moderna or Pfizer shots in the third trimester. 
Hmm. Like they have no data from women who get shots in the first trimester. And they also don't say anything about pregnancy outcomes. So it's like, I mean, you can go to the, the open VAERS, um, and it's, it's some of the things that are happening to breastfed children, especially, are just terrible. Like five and six months old, month old kids are dying when the mRNA injection find, wiggles its way into the breast milk. Hmm. And Jesus. of what? Liver issues, oh. which we had that story last week yep. about the Chinese researchers uh, trying to give information to China about exosomes which was like liver related so i yeah. don't know something pretty weird's going on <laughs> that is weird but you won't hear those stories they just keep pushing the whole well if a pregnant woman gets sick with covid that's just d- terrible there's like uh, they're really at risk and it's like yeah with what the 99 percent survival rate we've seen <laughs> yeah it's kind of whole thing is just baffling <laughs> yeah um, a 33-year-old pregnant woman did die of the coof this past week. Um, but they said, I read the article, and she wasn't feeling good. And when the paramedics showed up, they said she couldn't walk or speak. I'm like, that doesn't sound like the COVID narrative that's been pushed this whole time. Right. Like what, this sickness can have any symptom, you know? Right. Not just It's not just coughing and fever. Are you paralyzed? <laughs> Are you having anal leakage? It's COVID. <laughs> Did your heart stop? COVID. It's all COVID. Yeah. And of course, there were 33 deaths in Illinois, in Virginia, one of which was that 33-year-old woman in Virginia. Um, and Cuomo has decided to increase capacity of outdoor stadiums to 33%. <laughs> and you believe that. Uh, imagine that. From 20? <laughs> Pe- yeah, from 20. People are afraid of fresh air, well, motherfucker. Because <laughs> we like fresh air. We love fresh air. I like fresh air, motherfucker. So that goes into effect May 19th, but um, the article notes that the Mets won't have a game until the 24th, so meaningless. Mm. Just meaningless for totally those five days. Totally meaningless. <laughs> anyway, you want to go behind the curtain? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should have just started the show behind the curtain. Like After all that technical difficulty. Oh, I love it back here. Oh, Missouri, in the political news this week, making me proud. Oh, yeah? Yeah, did you see that Josh Hawley was the only senator to oppose this anti-Asian hate crime bill that's being pushed? Yeah, passed out of Senate 94 to 1. Just wow. Josh. The sole dissenter. <laughs> and then the, there's, a, there's like a smear campaign. Again, I mean, there has been. He wants Asians Trump. dead. Like I said, oh, this is his brand. He's just <laughs> acting in accordance with his brand. He just wants to upset people. It's like, no. How about freedom of speech and stuff? I mean, I, I have not read this bill. I imagine it's a monster, like most federal bills are. Right. But just a few of the things that the M5M has highlighted is that it's going to expedite the Justice Department process to review hate crimes, establish an official in the DOJ to oversee that whole effort. So, like, 
czar of hate crimes. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> More of our taxpayer money being wasted. Uh, it's going to give grants to local and state governments to encourage more training on hate crimes for law enforcement, which, again, isn't every crime a hate crime. It, you hate someone if you kill them, right? Like, doesn't matter what they look like or what their relationship is to you. Uh, then they also want a hate crime hotline, because we need more fucking hotlines, right? And, oh, my favorite little blip here. Allow for rehabilitation efforts for perpetrators of hate crimes. I was like... <laughs> oh, nice. Seeing the... <laughs> Some education camps for them and stuff? Yeah, you know, like strapped to a table with a rat in a hot tin box on your stomach <laughs> or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I was just excited to see that Mr. Hawley said nay. <laughs> Then um, there's a bill. I think it just passed out of the Missouri Senate. Yeah. It would keep daylight savings time, daylight saving, I think it's singular, time, permanent. Yay. Yeah, so we don't have to switch the clocks back and forth. And um, I love that. If 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 we do stay on one time all year, I want it to be the, the summertime. Hell yeah. The Southeast Missourian picked up this story and ran with it, and they made sure to get a reaction from the president of the Cape Girardeau County Farm Bureau. Uh, her name is Laura Nothdurft. Nothdurft. <laughs> Just a great last name. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> and because uh, I was like, well, yeah, you know, what do the farmers think, I guess? And she said the organization doesn't have a position on daylight saving time. Yeah, I mean. It's like. The sun comes up and goes down for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A certain amount of time and your clock isn't going to change that. So. Right. And the plants are outside, and they don't even know what time it is. Right. Uh, and then, did you see that Mark McCloskey is considering a Senate run? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> People but... are outraged. That did make national news this week. Oh, the, the gun-toting couple from St. Louis who threatened BLM activists. Oh, no. I'm just like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> You know, the people he's running against, uh, like people who have announced uh, their candidacy, at least, is like the Eric Schmidt, uh, Greitens, Eric Greitens, two Eric's, one race, um, the former Senator Scott Sifton, hmm. and then two people I didn't know, Timothy Shepard and Lucas Kuntz, K-U-N-C-E. Hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess I'd like McCloskey over Greitens, but... I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything don't about know him or his people. politics. I, I just know, know he's a St. Louis lawyer. Yeah. He's got an assault yeah, he's rifle. He's got a big douchebag house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he'll be perfect for the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, was there ever like a a ruling in their case or did that I think just... it's still ongoing. Yeah, I think I know so. that they kicked that prosecutor off the case, but other than that I don't really know. Crazy. They didn't shoot anyone. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, whatever. Whatever, whatever. I do what I want. Just like Canada. They're getting their first farm gate retailer in Ontario. And I just think this is so cool. Woo! It's where you can buy weed at the place where it's grown. Oh, yeah. Just straight I from the that. grower. With yep. Tegrity. Tegrity Farms. <laughs> now in Canada. You can buy <laughs> weed with Tegrity. Yeah. Something uh, wrong with Tegrity? It's the uh, first of its kind 
up there. Maybe first of its kind in the world. I don't know. Farm to paper weed. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like it too. I hope that we see it soon in America. But I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, I just put a seed in some dirt. Um, <laughs> yeah. And eventually you'll get the, the freshest possible bud. Yeah, Johnny Hemp Seed, spreading them around. Uh, three members of Congress have requested that the U.S. Botanic Garden in D.C. includes hemp in its display since it's become federally legal in the 2018 Farm Bill. There are, uh, they're all, let's see, it's Eleanor Holmes North of D.C., Barbara mm-hmm. Lee, and I lost the third person, but I know there are all three Dems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, let me find that third person. I feel bad leaving someone out. Earl Blumenauer. Should have known that one. Oregon. That'd be cool, though, to have, uh, you know, hemp represented oh. in the yes. in the display, you know? Especially with what a historical staple hemp has been to this country. Before the stupid uh, marijuana tax act of thirty seven, you know. Yeah, it's like ropes, sales, everything before World War Two. I mean, Thank hemp. The Battle of Lexington with the hemp bales was huge, you know. Hell yeah! So. And then you can say to uh, law enforcement and military that tour the place, like, "This is a hemp plant." <laughs> You dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it looks just like a other <laughs> like the cannabis plant, but without the, you know, nugs. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. And they, um, some of the organizations, the, like, activist organizations, for lack of better terms here, think that this letter and this idea is sort of an idea to keep, like, nudging and pushing for federal reform. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get a bill through. I know Schumer keeps hinting at a legalization bill. So, we'll see. They asked for a response from lawmakers by May 4th as to whether or not they'll be putting a hemp plant in there. So, that'd go. be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, Harborside, they've been, uh, you know, kind of... Trying to battle battle it out in court for about four years now. Yep. Uh, with their back taxes. Here, I'm trying to pass this to you. Oh, sorry. And <laughs> they owe eleven million dollars in back taxes because they took business deductions. Um, and of course, under Section 280E in the Internal Revenue Code, you can't you can't do the standard business deductions on federal taxes if you're a company that's at odds with federal law. You can't. An illegal company, let's say. No, oh, no. Which, of course, any weed store, weed grower, anything weed and is uh, is going to be. So they get slammed with this real high tax rate under Section 280. So Harborside tried to argue that 280E was unconstitutional. and Yeah, you'd think it's a equal protection violation. <laughs> and, um, you know, after these four years, a uh, U.S. appeals court wrote a statement just saying uh no no you're no no luck for you harborside what (laughs) surprise surprise outrageous what 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 fucking terrible so yeah their argument was rejected i don't know what they'll do next they did try going to u.s tax court um and had a three-day trial in 2018 which uh resulted in just a ruling against them so no luck there. But yeah, the judge in this case, it was like a 19-page decision. 
And, um, oh, it's so, what did they say? It felt so pretentious. At its core, this dispute reflects the latest attempt by a medical marijuana retailer to ameliorate the significant tax consequences Congress has prescribed for business that Congress regards as trafficking a controlled substance. Oh, God. Yeah. Under federal law, these prohibited substances include weed. Like, yeah, we fucking get it, but guess what? The states say it's fine here. Yeah, the states' rights thing is... States, it's it's yes. got to boil up to be the top issue of our time. And it's another, it's kind of like a state-by-state state version of decentralizing from, from the federal system. And you still need it, but you got to flex the maximum state power that you can. The Tenth Amendment says that anything not explicitly granted permission for the federal government to do is delegated back to the states and the people. And that was the only reason that they convinced the states to federate in the first place, was that they would maintain their sovereignty even though they would, you know, be united yeah. under a federal system. Yeah. The people have spoken, <laughs> it's been, motherfucker. It's been so long since that was actually the case, but... Yeah, not my lifetime. No. <laughs> not even close. This kind of reminds me of what's going on in Montana. Uh, the voters approved Initiative 190, which would establish a recreational market. And then lawmakers came in and crafted a bill. There were three bills in the beginning that I had talked about on a previous show, but it uh, dwindled down to House Bill 701 to implement the program and make changes to the initiative, of course. (laughs) And um, basically, they seem most concerned with where the money is going to go, the revenue, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, Typical. But yesterday, the bill was rejected. So I was like, cool. The initiative goes forward as written by the people for the people. Good. No. No? Dig this. Oh, God. The sponsor made, the bill sponsor made a successful motion to reconsider the vote. Like, what? You can just be like, hey, I know we just, you know, voted against this vote, but I think we should reconsider. He called a do-over, basically? Yeah, and then everyone voted on it, and they said okay <sighs> to the do-over vote. And this morning, show day morning, token Tuesday morning, the House passed it as amended by the Senate. God so, damn. Yeah. Retail sales will start in January. Now with a tax of... Uh, for medical card holders and 20% for recreational. Isn't that so cute? What? 20% for rec. Yeah, 4 and 20%. Oh my God, 4 and 20%. Yeah. How did I not see that? (laughs) And, um... Boo! Yeah, the Department of Revenue, under this, uh, the lawmaker-crafted bill, they get to hire 34 employees to run their program. And um, and it was like millions of dollars allocated to this, of course. Right. Then uh, the governor, he has, um, it's called Healing and Ending Addiction Through Recovery and Treatment, or HEART Fund. And $6 million a year, just written out, $6 million a year is going to that fund for him. Um, and then when that fund is filled, which I don't know what that means, they also gave the year 2023, $5 million will start going toward Habitat Montana, which allows the state to buy land for conservation. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Yeah. Now, they did slip the magic number into the article I read. Oh. Because the conservation director, his name is Nick Gevick, 
uh, he's with he's actually with Montana Wildlife Federation, and he was just excited about the funds going to uh, you know Habitat Montana, I guess. Sure. He said that last year they had proposed thirty three million dollars in private land conservation projects to the state, and they were only able to fund twenty one million dollars worth of them. Well, if you get your, <laughs> um, you know, your government division in, in the whole weed tax money spill, man, it's a bonanza. Yeah. All these states are pulling in the cash. The state will just buy all the land. I'm excited to learn, you know, how much they rake in in the first year of actual sales, especially considering all of the COVID complications, you know? Yeah. Totally. Uh, now, there is still, this is interesting, wrong for Montana. Um, they filed a lawsuit weeks back, maybe maybe months at this point. All the bulls kind of run together. Um, hmm. But that lawsuit is still pending. So there's a contingent voidness provision in the bill that says if that if their lawsuit wins and then the whole market gets shuttered, no way. the bill just goes away too because oh, obviously man. it doesn't apply anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and <laughs> I hope that doesn't knock the whole house of cars down. That would, that'd be kind of frustrating, but I, those groups have yet to win. Right. A That's that the I'm thing too, of. is the momentum is only in one direction and that yeah. one direction is freedom. Yeah. <laughs> one direction. One direction. <laughs> I forgot about that noise. Um, but the, I th- I'm pretty sure that the basis of their argument is, well, it's federally illegal and, uh, Yeah. So it's like, okay, buddy, the people have spoken with a huge majority voting this in. Just let the weed grow, man. Um, Also, part of the reason why this bill got fought over for a while is that they they said it was strictly Republican representatives. Um, I don't know that for a fact, which Montana lawmakers were suggesting this but there was a big push to not allow home grow mm, and i yeah. was like that was the first thing i was trying to figure out when i saw that this past day i was like what did they do to the home grow the only thing i can see that changed on it is that if you want to home grow you have to own your residence okay. so no home grow for renters i mean i don't know anything about the housing market of montana Maybe most people in their homes. I don't know. It just feels like there's rentals everywhere. It is a legal quagmire. I will say that. Because you have a renter and you have a landlord. And the landlord owns the property. And the landlord is under certain obligations under you know mm-hmm. federal and state laws of what they can reasonably allow their tenants to do in their properties. So it's just like all of these things need to be fixed and addressed, though, you know, like. If there's yeah. a conflict, the conflict should, you know, be resolved on the side of freedom, yeah, and the Constitution. Because there is no real conflict. There's no real conflict. <laughs> Artificial conflict. Yeah. Uh, this was neat. Oh. A Philadelphia City Council voted 15 to one to prohibit pre-employment drug screening for weed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a step in the right direction I'd like to take everywhere. It's a step in the right direction after all. Now, they do say, you know, there are certain jobs that will be exempt because of federal guidelines for how the jobs are required. Right. It's like being a cop or working with children or uh, medical patients. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, hey, this takes effect January 1st, 2022. 
no more peeing in cups and being a bitch. <laughs> At least if you're in Philly. Yeah. Well, good job, Philly. Yeah, Philly. <laughs> the small, the small little place. But yes, step in the right direction. After all. Yeah, it'll spread. Yeah. Now, Philly also has a super active, uh, normal, and um, like a grassroots operation. So all the like cooler stuff starts with Philly in a lot of ways. Philly. Philly. Um, Florida took a card or a page out of the Nebraska playbook, which I just can't believe. <laughs> oh. I was shocked to see this. Shocked, I say. Oh, no. Yeah, the Florida Supreme Court struck down the initiative to put recreational on the 2022 ballot. Oh, no. Did he say it was too many issues on one no, question? No, no. They changed it a little bit, but okay. just, you know, use this power in the wrong way, if you ask me. Right. Um... The justices said that the wording was misleading because it didn't properly advise residents that the plant would remain federally illegal. It's like, this is about Florida's constitution. This is like a Florida constitutional amendment. Why do I have to say shit about the feds well, that's, in it? That that, is, isn't that ridiculous? It's, a, it's very, <laughs> yeah, it's very ridiculous for two reasons. The first one is that... Um, to resolve this, they shouldn't have to burn it down to the ground. They could very easily just print that sentence In. on the ballots. Right. They could just force them to add that to the ballot language. It would be that would over, be nice. It would be over in a day. That would be very nice because um, they and, had already gathered five hundred and fifty-six thousand signatures. And the second thing is that everyone already knows this. Everybody already knows. Right. There's nowhere. Everywhere you can legally, finger quotes, buy pot, it's all federally illegal. Exactly. We've been saying this from day fucking one. This is no news to anybody. The only people it's news to are the people that don't participate in this market at all. Just, just insane. But there is light in I, the bowl oh? with this issue. Okay. They can still, they can restart. They can start from scratch and get it on the ballot. Oh, okay. They There's have, enough time. They have to start from scratch. Yeah, they should have enough time. It, you know, it's like everything has passed in Florida with regards to weed with a huge majority. Oh, once 60 you get to seventy percent, and so it's in like all, all states really. Once you get yes. it to the ballot box, then you're golden. Gold voters approve these initiatives like all the time. They need almost nine hundred thousand signatures, but mm. they had almost six hundred thousand. So, you know, so they hadn't if, even collected their... No, they weren't done collecting. Like, they're in the process of collecting when the Supreme Court was just like, hey, no, no, no. I guess I guess that the, the argument would be that the people, when they signed the petition, weren't told that the plant would still be federally illegal. And that's why you would have to start over, just in a strictly legal sense. It's still ludicrous. It makes no sense to me. I'm, that makes no sense to me. When I signed petitions to legalize medical here... No one had to say that to me, and duh. Yeah, well, it's just a certain state. Somebody, you know, thought of a way to. Yeah, someone thought of a way to fuck throw, them in the throw ass. a wrench in the gears, you know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, five to two on that decision. It's like you're in Florida. Chill <laughs> out, smoke some weed. You'd think so. I can't believe it. Um, I'm some bull see. crap. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, they'll do it. I believe in them. Yeah, it's a matter of time. And even, All they in, need even in the harshest states, the states that people are in, that are, people are like, they'll never pass it in my state. Uh, but 
I mean, the momentum is there. Once states get settled, like you gotta un- you gotta understand that Missouri only just opened yeah, this year with just medical and people who are in Kansas and people who are in Nebraska who are saying like it'll never come here. Like I think you'll probably be among the f- last people, but. The people in these states, like the people in Missouri needed in Kansas now, and Kansas has Kansas City. And so it's actually just a matter of time guaranteed before it all rolls over into Kansas. It will. Yeah. It will because it'll be ec- economically necessary for it to because dudes are over here on this side of the state line creating a market that people on the other side of the state line are going and participating in. Right. So they're losing all this fucking revenue. Yeah. They actually... And that's the one thing got like governments and and businesses just can't do like the market won't bear it yeah well kansas does have a bill working its way through potentially to legalize because duh right (laughs) Uh, but it was crazy i know i talked about this on a a few shows back and it's like no home grow and they're like but oh oh, but it's cheaper to get a license it's cheaper to get a license and everything else sucks real bad about it. Homegrow, I've talked about this before, but homegrow is a necessity yeah. in, a, in a medical bill or else it's just not um, actually compassionate. Right. Yeah. Because the medical bill, like the whole medical weed argument is compassion for patients. And what patients need is to be able to grow their own medicine at home that they can test, that they know what it is and where it's been. They don't have to trust anybody else. And... Uh, if you don't have home grow for patients, then you don't have a medical bill. No. But Virginia is moving ahead with their 2024 legalization plan by appointing their seats for three different oversight boards. All right. Yeah, three boards. A lot of butts and chairs. <laughs> uh, they've got the Cannabis Control Board to oversee business licensing and enforcement. The governor gets to appoint those five members. Then there's the Public Health Advisory Board that gets to advise lawmakers on public health impacts of legalization. Oh, boy. Yeah. 21 members will be on that board. Um, And there are some organizations that are guaranteed representatives, such as Virginia Foundation for Healthy Youth, Medical Society of Virginia, and Virginia Pharmacists Association. And then the third board is this Canvas Oversight Commission to oversee the entirety of the legalization rollout, which will be made up of 10 lawmakers. So that's all I got for my <laughs> weed news today. Be but. getting busy then in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Getting bi- Hurry up and wait because you got three years. You know, yeah, so that and shit you've got, rolls out. And you've three years and three boards. So there's yeah. just an absolute <laughs> massive negotiations. Oh, yeah. Good luck. And yeah. one of the boards is a public health advisory board, so this is just going to be like the uh, the public health sector people who are always... Lean in a certain direction. <laughs> suing the laws, yeah, that get passed. And yeah, well... The addiction specialists. You know, maybe federal, maybe something will pass on the federal level. Hmm. <laughs> 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 mm, oh, well, what can you do? I think it's very bad for our country. Yeah, in prohibition for crying out loud. I know something that's really good for our country, though. Oh? Nude beaches. Hey, who could use a nude beach? Me. Me too. <laughs> I am ready. Yes. Um, if you call into the bowl line, 816-607-3663, you can let us know the first time you ever went to a nude beach. Uh, like I'm pretty sure this caller did. 
at least as I look in the uh, the chat room, uh, well, at least today, the uh, the first time I ever topic has not been updated, so I don't know what I'm calling in about. Other than just say, Uh-oh. "Hi, how you guys doing?" That was my bad. Um, it is, uh, yeah. I get to, you know, I get to go out for you know life. In some parts of this area, might be returning to normal. I don't know. Ooh. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm tired of hearing about the. You know, it seems like everybody I talk to is, uh, you know, it's like, when you, oh, I got my coup vaccine. You know, I got my, it's like, I'm tired of just hearing about it. It's just hearing even people discussing it. It kind of bugs me. It's, you know, and again, there, you know, maybe there's some good, you know, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not. It, it's, you know, there's lots of, lots of information out there. And depending upon what side of the aisle you're on as to whether you consider it misinformation, but how do we know what the facts are? We don't. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I, I guess I'm still of the opinion I trust my immune system a whole lot more than I trust something from big pharma. Um, that's just uh, I you know it's funny I I always thought my mother was a little bit uh, you know my mother you know I, I joke that my parents are drunk stone hippies and my mom always sort of mistrusted the medical establishment and I'm starting to you know and she had a few crack crackpot theories about things over the years um, I'm starting to think she may not be uh, she may not be wrong on some of the stuff and mm-hmm. it's uh, but. Uh, you know, you see all the, you see all the, uh, the, the, um, yeah, all the, all the everything coming out and, you know, the, it's, you know, and the, the thing, the things that are not, or the things that are being suppressed. It, it, to me, I think that the, the bigger issue there is that, yeah, maybe, you know, the, you know, not all, you know, every, every drug has side effects. Whether, you know, that I think what, I don't think they're, uh, they're necessarily well reported and, um, we should all be able to make our own decisions, but it, it, it just kind of boggles my mind. It's like, yeah, we, we can't have a reasonable discussion about that because everybody has to get the vaccine or whatever. Right. It's, it's irritating. Uh, we, we can't say, Hey, we got, uh, you know, yeah, they, they, I've had this. I've got the antibodies. Why do I need a vaccine? And it doesn't make any, doesn't make any fucking sense, but, uh, you know, that, that's the world we live in. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> That's true. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's really, it comes down to informed consent. And I don't really care whether you're pro or anti or half in love or don't give a shit about vax. It doesn't really matter where you fall on that issue. All of these, uh, all of these medical treatments require, require informed consent. That's just a human right. That's just basic. That's just a basic thing. We were created. We're alive. Now we have to give our informed ins- uh, informed consent. <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, take your medical product. And yeah, it's it's just frustrating to see a lot of people running around, jumping up and down, all proud, all proud of themselves that they got tricked into being a uh, phase three experiment participant for free, for no compensation, for no. Uh, you know, signing and understanding, no conformed consent, man. It's crazy. It I mean, is crazy. I mean, people. I've heard people like just say straight up they didn't even know which shot they got. Yeah, it's insane, and people just shrug it off like, oh, you know, the TV said I should do this though. And they cut the line to get the shot. Yeah, yeah. Got some friends who cut cut the line to go the shot, and of course they were like right this way. You know, they don't give a shit. Yeah, they're just trying not to throw them out at the end of the night. <laughs> oh, man. It's just crazy, man. But I think that's all. I think everybody who was, like, jumping up and down to get it has got it now. And now they're hitting, like, a wall of, like, well, all of these 
quote unquote wait and see people are are gonna be waiting and seeing for a while. Yeah, tell the pregos that the CDC recommends it. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and yeah, don't just, edit your headline when she walks that to, back. Uh, any of those propagandists? Um, but I think I did update uh, the topic when Phone Boy pointed it out to me. He popped me on the uh, the old IRC and was like, "Hey man, update your title." Kind nice of a, work. Kind of a show you running here. <laughs> You're running a week behind. You still got the 420 episode up. I don't know. I don't. I don't quite know what happened on 420. Wow. I am really high. He called it's back. It's sad I didn't remember the first time I ever topic when I was the one who suggested it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> a long time in, in, in these times. Um, so, yeah, the first time I ever went to a nude beach. Well, I, I don't, I've never done it as an adult. Um, I used okay. to go to nude beaches all the time uh, because my mom is a nudist. Yeah. That was, that was a bit awkward for my wife to find photos uh, in, in my in my mother's house of, well, you know, some of the nudist photos my mother took. Or what, and that was, yeah. Sure. Um, but anyway, that, that was uh, that very young. I went to the, so the, the popular beach that we went to back in the day was Bonnie Dune Beach on the, on the coast of California, uh, just north of Santa Cruz. Um, and yeah, this, yeah, this is the very beach where I broke my arm. Oh, I um, that story. But, uh, yeah, so you, in order to get to this part of the beach, the cool part of the beach, you had to effectively, you had to, you had to climb over a couple of cliffs or whatever, but you had to climb basically down into the cove. And this was the, you know, the best part of the beach where it was sheltered from the wind and that kind of thing. But yeah, I was a young kid. And, um, so. You know, nudity was, uh, you know, I don't know. You don't, you don't think about it at that age. I don't, I don't remember the, I don't remember the very first time I went to the beach, but I did it so many times growing up that it was just kind of part of, part of the experience. Um, and yeah, that I, I don't, um, you, you know, I, I think looking back on it, yeah, there's, there's, you know, I don't know. We, we get hung up on things like, um, you know, what people are supposed to look like or whatever. And everybody looks different and everybody, you know, and everybody, um, you know, there's no, I don't know, there's no right or wrong way to look. I think we, I think uh, we've been uh, brainwashed into thinking that bodies are supposed to look a certain way. Um, But, uh, but, uh, you know, we we could all probably do uh, with a little bit more comfort with our, with our naked selves. Um, Mm -hmm. Although that is something that, you know, as an adult who's, been been very very overweight and still a little overweight but much less so you know it's that's still something i've been less comfortable with personally but uh it is something that is uh you know something we all need to do better with and yeah i think we all uh yeah so um if you can go to a nude beach hey why not um you should probably you know you really should enjoy that fresh clean air i like fresh air motherfucker love you mean it love you mean it i too like fresh air beautiful fresh air we love it Fresh air. Bodies are goofy. Yeah, I mean, everybody's it, body's different. In this current day and age, it's not how they're viewed. I, I think the, by most lenses. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough subject, you know, because it's like we should all accept one another where we're at for sure. And then with nudity, it's like also apparent, uh, relatively of of your health, you know, and your age. And, oh yeah. There's no like hiding when you're exposed like that. But it's like, I don't know. I think that my time over the years as a as a figure model for art classes just kind of forced me to like both accept myself and also like strive to improve myself, you know? Like 
Yeah, you want to feel good in the body you're in. Yeah, and you you also understand what your potential is, you know? Like, you can do it. Like, there's not necessarily... I mean, you look you look at Phone Boy's incredible transformation that he's pulled off. And, you know, he decided that he could do it and then he had to do it. And he pulled, you know? It's just, it's... Uh, if I wasn't behind the curtain, I'd probably put it just more. It'd be succinctly. a bit more eloquent. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I think uh, I think nudity is equality. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Well, it's 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 totally honest and authentic. Oh, yeah. is what it is because there's no like no hiding. There's no extra <laughs> signaling. You know, you what you see is what you get, and this is who you are. And so I don't know. Clothing sexualizes the body way more it's than just being, sitting there naked. I think too. I think being naked around other people just in a like straight up regular non-sexual setting it forces it forces honesty between yourself and others and i think it's like a valuable thing totally this next caller is a valuable thing you mean outside it's roughly five o'clock ish 79 degrees Ooh. Ooh. nice little breeze good day it's for like new beautiful beach. out it's like the uh when I, we've had nice days, but this is man, this is this is nice. So hopefully, it's supposed to drop a little in town, but go back up. So <clears throat> hopefully, we're done with because uh, the last couple of days we were down in the 30s, like 35ish. But uh, anyway, you didn't call. I didn't call for to give you a weather report. It's probably not <laughs> that exciting. Boobs but, was saying um, snow off and on up there. First time I ever went to a nude beach. I was like five. Oh, nice. Wow. So there's a beach in California that uh, it's called Black's Beach, which uh, it was named after a family. Their last name was Black, but they just named it Black's Beach because it was like their farm. And it's um, north of La Jolla, but it's part of San Diego. It's part of their, like, park system, I believe. And uh, there's a big, huge cliff on the top of it, and then people hang glide off that cliff. Well, when I went there when I was five, we went to go see the hang gliders, and I didn't know it was a uh, beach at the time. I didn't know find out until years later. But I remember my dad looking down with binoculars, and it was like, where, why is he looking down when the, the gliders are going out? Uh, but, yeah. And this butts up to the Torrey Pines Golf Course, which is the PGA golf there. That's um, like one of the like, Tiger Woods. Uh, uh, what do they call them? Major wins was the U.S. Open there, and that was they consider that as like best best performance ever because he uh, did it on uh, had one bad lag, and they think that that's like what screwed his career up was that game there that he had to mm. play it battling his leg injury that he had. Oh yeah, to have surgery on right after that, but yeah, and so Black Speech in San Diego. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Black's Beach. These are young nude beach experiences. Yeah, a lot of people beat us to the punch, that's for sure. Yes. I realized it was ridiculous to be wearing clothes during the segment. Yeah, of course. It's always ridiculous to be wearing clothes, if you ask me. Well, it's it's that time of year, too. <laughs> I just like don't want to put them on. I mean, in the winter. Wasn't yeah. wearing them most of today. But then sometimes you need a cigarette. <laughs> you got neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hopefully. Once we don't have neighbors. Remember that story we rolled on the lanes one week about the Florida man who had like a hot tub in his Uh, backyard and a privacy fence, but you know, he'd still walk to the hot tub naked and his neighbors were so ticked off. They called the cops on him. Lame. (laughs) Yeah, that is lame, man. My house, my rules. Yeah, just let the man get in and out of his tub. Well, the first time you ever went to a nude beach... It's the first time I ever went to a nude beach. That's right. Which well, was the first a, time we, we ever went to a nude beach. Yeah, this is one where it lines <laughs> up, both of us. Uh, Playa Linda. Playa Linda Beach in, in Florida. Is it on Cape Canaveral? It's near there, yeah. Near. It's like the Canaveral the National Sea sea line, Seashore or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right there. And I think it's like parking lot 13. Right? You yeah. park at parking lot 13 is where like the nude part of the beach starts. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's we, right. There was just we went a strip. There two different days, optional. didn't we? We, I, I think we only got to go there one day. Maybe it was just one. But I remember we forgot the sunblock. <laughs> yeah, we got absolutely burnt to a crisp. <laughs> we were staying at a Airbnb that was clothing optional. Yeah. This was like nudist guy who had his spare room on Airbnb. Yeah, a British gent. Yeah. With a home in Florida. Yeah, we were it there for like, Orlando uh, yeah, Libertarian the, Convention. Yeah, Missouri so delegates for the freedom weirdos are in town. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And even the um, the Airbnb experience with that dude was a good time and fun. Because <laughs> at first I was like, oh man, just going into some naked guy's house here, we are. <laughs> and then we're gonna hang out naked. But it's like you said, like. Once you, uh, he was very highly recommended on the reviews. I mean, I read his reviews, yeah. Oh, he left us a wonderful review, also, Mm -hmm. which is nice to have on our little uh Airbnb visitor (laughs) resume, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) and we left him a great review, but he, um, yeah, I don't know, it was totally normal. Like, I don't know, the nudity thing for me, I think I had already done my first nude shoot in the woods, Mm -hmm. um, and that so it's like. After you get over that initial nude in front of people experience, or like I forgot my clothes in the classroom feeling, mm-hmm. uh, then it's just like I was like, oh, you know, the water's not that cold. Yep. But we had so much fun on that beach. It's true. I brought my uh, friends. Some of your best nudes sarong. ever were taken on that beach. Yeah, because I brought that sarong, and the breeze was just perfect to like dance around naked in the sunlight with yeah. the sarong. We had these fucking. Uh, purple glasses and pink glasses like the big round hippie glasses <laughs> yeah well, I got then, the rose colored glasses i got them right here i lost my purples in the friggin ocean though. yeah <laughs> and there was a moment where we were like well maybe we could you know just roll back in on a wave no no it was gonorooskies <laughs> man <laughs> we had just bought them too <laughs> yep but look at look at i still got my red oh my nice you got them right here in the bowl yeah in the bowl. Fantastic. That was a fun memory. We found that seashell that looked like the letter L was carved into it. Oh, I remember, yeah. That was fun. It was a good time. The yep. whole time was a good time. Um, And the Libertarian Convention was fun, too. That was fun. It was a fun and week that, and all. Yeah, that guy almost got naked up on stage we, that time. We drank some wine <laughs> out there on the beach, too. Oh, yeah. And didn't we... See, what animal was there that we were taking pictures of? No, we of? played with a turtle. But there was like a... Was it like a... He was popping up. Remember, was it a raccoon or something in the tall grass? I remember that. It was like a little, uh, oh, 
some little mammal, like a prairie dog of some sort, like yeah. a beach dog. I want to say, a, I want to say a meerkat because that's what it was acting <laughs> like. But obviously, it wasn't a fucking meerkat right. in Florida. It, it kept popping its head up and stuff. And you know, I think, um, I don't remember. I want to say a raccoon, but I can't remember. My expectations when we were driving to the beach in our that was a nice rental car we had that time <laughs> yeah. too. I like driving fast in that in Florida. But anyway, um, <laughs> no doubt. When when mm. we got to the beach, I had expected it would be a bunch of old people and us, but there were full families. Like, yep. yeah, there were definitely single digit age children there with their families, and and there were old geezers, and uh, yeah, it was great. And I like, I remember also we got up the bank, well, the the sandy bank, you know, mm-hmm. and we're looking down on all the naked people, and just took a minute before I like rushed to take my clothes off. Like that, you know, dipping your toe in the water, I guess, to check the temperature. Right. I was like, I looked, I literally was like, well, if there's a, if there are people here with clothes on, then I guess I'll just leave my clothes on too. I don't know if I'm that brave, but no, there was no clothes in sight. It would have been weird to leave my clothes on. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been the only one. Yeah. <laughs> only one. That was a good time. Yeah. Flor- I'm throwing some in the bowl. And was that your first time to Florida? Um, I'm, I want to say it was, yeah. I think that's the only time I've been to Florida. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. This next caller had a lot of fun. I got my ass, got it on my own. And I was like, oh, she had his paws. (laughs) All right. Was it code? (laughs) I don't know. It's the code for the bull. What's the next caller say? I got my ass. Got it on my own. And I was like, oh, she had his paws. <laughs> I think they're trying to tell us something. It sounds like uh, some of the things that the Google transcription bot comes out with. I know. I mean, I was like pre reading the transcriptions and I was already confused. I was like, All right, are the transcriptions spot on with that? Um, got my ass. I got my ass, got it on my own. And I was like, oh, she had this pause. Yeah. About hear. my ass. About my Got ass? it on my own. Got it on my own? And I was like, and I was like oh, oh, she had his pause. She had his pause. His pause. His pause is what I hear. <laughs> I got my ass. I got my ass. Got it on my own. Got it on my own. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh. She had his pause. She had his pause. <laughs> She had his paws. And the bot got it right on that one. Yeah. She had his paws on that one. She had this pause, like pause button on the other one. But really it was his paws. That's fantastic. Now you have Google transcriptions creating Google transcriptions. This is great. (laughs) What a wonderful world. Bullaroos! Bullaroos! Fletcher Rudy. Excuse me. Fucked up my throat with that one. Uh (laughs) First time I ever... This is a nude beach. Yes. I was but a child. But a child. And my my parents, my family, we were but. down at South Padre Island. Oh yeah. And uh, we're driving up the island north to go to go to the breakers and shit. Oh. Whoa. Oh fuck. Bug, giant bug just flew in my face. Oh fuck that. That's cool. That's what that's what <laughs> That's what I love about nature. <laughs> Sometimes it just gets right in your face. <laughs> anyway, uh, South Padre Island. We were driving north to to the fucking to the 
Oh, not not the breakers. That was the wrong word. There's a cut. Uh, they cut through there. Anyway, we passed through a nude beach. And at the time, I didn't even know there were such things. And my, my mom was like, ah, kids, cover your eyes. And uh, what do we all do? <laughs> Look. Yeah, what do we all see? Naked old people. Yes. <laughs> nude beaches are not all they are cracked up to be, especially during the fucking week. You're going to go to a nude beach. Go on the weekend. Or during spring break. Yeah, spring break. Yeah. Party. Adios, burritos. Adios. Spring break, yeah, that would be a real good time for nude beaches. No doubt. I think we went on a weekend. The only reason I know what South Padre Island is is because that's where a bunch of my freshman friends went. Oh. For spring break. All your exes live in Texas, don't Oh, they? my exes live in <laughs> Texas. That's why I hang my hat. In misery. Yes. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Hey, I got another caller here. Howdy, bowlers. Howdy. Now, I ain't never been to no nude beach. Oh, you gotta fix that. But legend has it that once upon a time when I was in Portland, Oregon, I went to this club. But this oh? club wasn't a <laughs> sort of club. This oh? club was like a uh, 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 sort of club. Oh, Let oh, me yeah. just say. There was boobs out everywhere. Boobs out everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, yeah. I've been to such clubs. Very interesting yeah. places. Did you see her breasts? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they take off their clothes and then they look at each other naked. She wasn't wearing anything. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, Joseph kills me. There. The old man gets me every time, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I saw more penis than boobs. Well, that's just an eye contact problem. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> oh, man. My eyes are up here. That's my penis <laughs> down there. So the dumb. very first time I went to a nude beach was one that wasn't a nude beach at all. Oh, all nice. Right. It was a swimming pool. I just took off all my clothes. There you go. Oh, yeah. But then the for real um, <laughs> nude beach that I've, that I've been to, there, there are, you have the optional clothing nude beaches which i have been to mostly so you can have your panties on still oh yeah you don't want to get sand everywhere sure and then it'll just stay there because eventually i'll have to put my pants back on bomber and then then you have sand in your pants no sandy pants so i always prefer underwear but I don't have to have a top on. Like that's that's kind of nice. Um, I think what's what's really important is getting a sunblock on. Yeah. And <laughs> not getting trapped in conversations with people, you know. And like, you don't want to be rude, you know. And you're just like, oh yeah, no, that's great. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go into the, into the lake. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm comfortable with who I am. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, you do you. And I do me. I'm gonna go over there, and you know, and and having a lot of um, hydration is really important. Definitely. So, 
bring a lot of water when you go to the nude beach or clothing optional beach. That's, that's what I know about those. And, um, they're a lot of fun and swimming when you got no clothes on, that's, that's the best. I have to say that's the most free ever. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, that's why I like going there. Oh, and don't be afraid to get an umbrella. That's, that's a great <laughs> move. Just get yourself an umbrella while you're there, and then, and then you can enjoy the shade. Love you guys. Love you, Carolyn. Love you. What was, uh, was the sand a big issue? What do you say about the sand? <laughs> well, what I do is I take my towel down to the water and then just, like, rinse off. Mm. And then put my clothes on, kind of, you know, you towel off to get dry, but you're standing, so you can get most of the sand out of your cracks. <laughs> <laughs> cracks and rolls, get the sand out. <laughs> cracks and rolls, cracks and but rolls. But yeah, sandy pants is no fun. Yeah, if you got sand and then you get into the car and then you sit down in the car and then you got to drive Ugh. however long. Sand in your pants. That's not going to work. No, just like... Uh, like if you don't, you know, get the sand off your feet before you put them into your socks. Ugh. Yeah. I, I do like having my feet in the sand, though. Some people don't like that sensation. Some people are retarded. I'm retarded my own way. Ta-ta, recharge. <laughs> I keep spamming the bowl with the, the Playa Linda picks. Oh, nice. See, perks of being in the bowl chat. You get to see uh, our nude beach experience. <laughs> nude beach Libertarian uh, Week, Florida Days. Five years ago. Hard yeah. to believe. Hard to believe. We did get some texts in on the text line. Oh, all right. That's Let's cool. See. Are you going to read them? Our texturinos. Let's see. Sass will be mainstream before Governor Caillou would allow weed to be legalized. <laughs> I believe that's out of Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. What's his name? Um... <laughs> Oh, I'm so bad with names. Caillou, the bald motherfucker. <laughs> Governor Caillou. That's very funny. <laughs> and he's, of course, on this, like, think of the children. These teenagers, they're going to peat rickets. They're going to kill themselves. They get a, they ingest the THC, and then they kill themselves. That was, like, his most recent thing oh, that right. I had clipped Ugh, for an episode. Shudder. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to flush like, the toilet on that Holy one. reefer madness, Batman. Also, another text is Phoenix, and uh, I told Phoenix that I would look at her WordPress on Monday, and I looked at like <laughs> like twelve thirty or one in the morning, something like that. Oh, technically so Tuesday. I got in. For shame. I got in and like accepted the invite and set my account up, but then I didn't like really break into it yet. So, uh, Phoenix, if you're listening, I will do that tomorrow. I promise, and cool. I'll uh, text you about it on the text line. Uh, she's trying to set up a value for value uh, YouTube video uh, podcast. So about cooking, it is. Let me see. I I, I can scroll back on this. I believe uh, huh, 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 huh. you called me out and I didn't have it pulled. Oh, up. that's all right. Phoenix, you'll have to leave a voicemail. Yes. And uh, <laughs> promo your V four V. Channel. Yeah, and we'll pump it too. We'll I just, pump it I also you. don't want to necessarily pump a, a blank, I was gonna blank say, WordPress that's not ready yet. Oh no, I know. We'll be ready soon. Or if she's still brainstorming ideas. 
then I feel like a dick being like, is it this? <laughs> but yeah. Got any more text on the line? That any was the last, that was the final text. Oh, right. That well, was our first time I ever topic. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that, uh. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Go for a roll, man. Let's go bowling. Uh, go ahead and play this clip I sent you. Okay, day. Let's dig it back into the clips. Uh, which clip? Oh, if you look in the, my notes in the order. <laughs> oh, the general gender yeah. reveal blast? Yeah. You're supposed to just play the clip. Oh, I'm sorry. What the heck was that? An explosion so powerful, it caused several towns to shake. Sarah and Matt Taglieri felt the blast miles away. It even caused pictures to fall off the wall. Sounds like we Godzilla. both ran out to the deck uh, thinking that maybe there uh, was some type of an accident. So I immediately called 911. My hands were shaking. So what in the world caused such a powerful explosion? Can you believe a gender reveal party? The parents-to-be set off 80 pounds of Tannerite, a powdery substance often used at gun rages to make targets blow up. Look what happens when this guy shoots a fridge filled with it. Tannerite has become popular at gender reveals. Police say the couple responsible for this blast took safety precautions choosing a quarry in Kingston, New Hampshire, because it was a safe location to detonate never expecting the explosion to radiate to the surrounding towns. These neighbors say it went way too far. I have no problem with people celebrating the happy moments like having a baby, but their celebration literally rocked our neighborhood, our town, and in towns across southern New Hampshire. Holy Talk shit. about a baby boom. <laughs> oh, no. An extra gutter for the pun at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, boom. it gets worse in that pun, though. <laughs> Booberry originally sent me this story, and then the hogs did a cold read on it last night in the smoker. And apparently some surrounding towns now have brown water. Oh, man. So they're wondering if uh, that might have something to do with it. The quarry explosion. But yeah, 80 pounds. <laughs> That's way too much, As man. As Ned says in the bowl. It's a fucking shit ton. It is a fucking shit ton. <laughs> come on, man. I mean, we all like blowing shit up, but like, come on. Come on. You if can't blow gender up the whole reveal county, party. Like, Here's oh my, my thing. Okay. Either one person in the couple knows what the gender is to put this elaborate shit together. Right. Or this is a family member coming up with the ideas for the gender reveal. And like... I think this is a part of the social media epidemic people have, wanting to like yeah. one up to the previous gender reveal they've seen. Yeah. But I still think it's totally cool and fine to just cut into a cake, and then the cake would be either blue or pink, or some other dessert of your choice. You know, cake is just the one that I've seen it happen with. I think the you best, know? like the grandma best way to knows, do it. and she gets the cake and makes it. She bakes the cake. She makes the cake. Uh, I think the best way to do it. Is to just have a podcast and then you go on your podcast <laughs> and you say, "Hey, it's gonna well, be a boy." It's a boy this time, yeah. And then uh, you know, that, well, that pretty much covers it. Okay, here's my thing too: is close your eyes and picture the color okay. blue. Well, it's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. The 
when you go get the ultrasound, you know, the tech is like, do you want to know? And yeah. unless you close your eyes, you're going to know. Well, looking at the baby's bottom, it's like, oh, is there something there? Is there, is there not something there? Yeah. It's pretty freaking simple. Yeah. So uh, there's two genders. <laughs> but like the first two being girls, I was just like searching for so long. Oh, like, yeah. It's got to be somewhere. It's got to be. Maybe you just can't see it very well. But then when you saw the one on the boy, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Oh, it's a carrot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's got a pecker. I don't know. Gender reveals, though, that's like, that's a, it seems like a pretty recent phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think so. Growing up, uh, I remember baby showers. I don't know. Everything doesn't have to be some big fucking surprise, I think, you know? Oh, that too. I got burnt out on that, that everything has to be a surprise thing. Yeah, to the point where now we in our relationship work like hey i want this for my birthday hey i want this for christmas <laughs> and i am pleasantly surprised to receive the things i've asked for let me tell you <laughs> and not things that i didn't ask for <laughs> yeah. you asked for a swiffer wet jet that one year oh, and i cried when your sister got it for me yeah i know because i've never awesome. yeah i know no one videotaped it but that would have been a that would have been a historical moment oh my woman goodness. cries my wife opening swiffer wet jet on christmas is the perfect <laughs> woman is she happy cries getting a swiffer wet jet for christmas <laughs> oh man it's it so makes great. life so much easier okay like really sped up my processes no doubt no doubt no doubt oh you know it doesn't speed up anyone's process what? though when your internet goes out oh, for no. 36 hours because beavers chewed through the underground fiber cables. Oh, man. Please tell me it's Canada. <laughs> You'll be pleasantly surprised to oh, find yeah? that the operator called it a very bizarre and uniquely Canadian turn of events. <laughs> I because knew it. it was. I knew it. Tumblr Ridge, British <laughs> Columbia. Oh, the, oh, the beavers are causing mischief again, eh? That's got to be Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fantastic. <laughs> the beavers chewed out our internet again. Damn it. Uh, how could they? Um, oh, poor Floridians. Oh. They're calling on the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency right now to end this live experiment that's going on. Um, so the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District in Oxitech, a British biotech company, are releasing a billion genetically engineered mosquitoes over the next two years oh or that's yeah, the plan hearing about this yeah they're releasing 144,000 in the next 12 weeks holy shit bro get your deet out and spray <laughs> everything around the, you kill uh, some mosquitoes allegedly allegedly the uh, project idea is that these mosquitoes will kill the disease carrying mosquitoes the ones with the Zika and yellow sure, fever and yeah. such. But, uh, like, how do I know that? What how do I trust wrong? your mosquitoes? Didn't Bill Gates talk about putting the uh, mRNA shit into mosquitoes? Like, oh, they're little flying injectables. I oh, don't know. They'd love to do experiments on just about everything they can. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like mosquitoes in general because I don't like blood. <laughs> I don't like needles. This is serious. This is serious. We have little flying blood-sucking needle Ugh. things. Ugh. Ugh. Go back to hell, mosquitoes. And Ugh. come on, EPA, do something. Yeah, come on. Time to get... It's fucking embarrassing! 
Perfect. Time to get PETA involved. <laughs> yeah. Mosquito lives matter. TikTok. Yeah, I'm holding my breath. Oh, I know. It's never, never gonna happen. Fuck you, Burger King. Fuck you, Pizza Hut. Um, while driving down the highway, something. This is also in Florida. Oh yeah. Something flew through a woman's window and hit her 70-year-old mom on the head. Her oh, mom no. was riding in the passenger seat. Uh, they pulled over and called 911 to report the object crashing through. Um, the, you'll be pleased to know that the mom had a cut above her eye, but it wasn't a serious injury. Oh. She's making a full recovery. Nice. But, uh, Finally, a strike. Some passengers, you know, behind them that saw it happen, they pulled over and uh, to see if they could, like, render aid or help or whatever. And turns out what flew through the windshield was a turtle. Oh. How in the hell do you get it? They don't really know. Uh, the police are like, maybe someone threw it out of a turtle car. Turtle throwing prank or something? Maybe some kids grabbed a turtle and were like, let's throw it over the overpass? Uh, I don't know, yeah. Sounds maybe. like a shithead th- kid but thing to do. I think it was probably a human that did it. That would be my guess. <laughs> yeah, human threw it, have to I imagine. Last time I checked, turtles couldn't fly. I mean, he could have fallen off the overpass, <laughs> I guess. Turtles can't even jump, man. No. Turtles can't even climb steps. But more good news is that the turtle was alive and free of serious injuries. He just had scratches on his shell. Well, that's the point of a turtle, man. Yeah. That's why Mario <laughs> whips him at motherfuckers, because boop, it's like, boop, 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 boop. they just duck into their shell and they're good to go, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not invincible, but they're goddamn close for their size. Totally. A uh, German bomb squad was alerted when a jogger found a grenade in a plastic bag near the Austrian border. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Ugh. So they came out and investigated, uh, and they didn't find a grenade. They found two condoms, a USB charging cord, and a sex toy. Oh, my God. But they didn't say what kind of sex toy it was. Uh your I'm taxpayers <laughs> money paid for this. <laughs> a vibrator, but like looks like a grenade is where you're just throwing me off. A grenade. I was thinking like it's a grenade, man. The Gina nade. USB five thousand. Yeah, but the USB charging cord, so it's gotta move. <laughs> Vagina. It's a modern grenade, you know, for the modern man <laughs> or woman. We don't judge here. It'll wreck you. <laughs> oh man, I bet. Yeah. Only in Germany. Only in Germany. Uh, but just up north in Iowa, after dodging nearly 2,000 nets in 20 years, <sighs> the oldest muskie, a 25-year-old female muskie, has been caught. Oh, man. Nice. Yep. Coming in at 46 inches long, the Fisheries Bureau caught the muskie 20 years to the day after the last time it was encountered by them. Wow. Yes. Uh, there was a fishery research biologist quoted in the article as saying it's unusual for a muskie to be so elusive. Interesting. They're usually just like big and dumb and get caught. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> they probably just like willingly go right into the net. Do, do, oh, do, 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 do food. Oh. Yummy, yummy. I'm going up now. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Elevator going up. Uh oh. I'm flop. not supposed to time, do this. Time to flop, flop, flop. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. You know who else got caught, though? 
got caught flopping. <laughs> who got Two caught? DC cops who totaled their cars drag racing each other oh at 5 p.m. God. last Thursday. Cops. Oh. Come on, cops. No being bad. It's like day one cop stuff. Don't be bad. Net Net in the chat asked where the muskie was caught, and it's Okaboji Lake. Okaboji, oh, where the wind goes rolling down the plane. Yeah. Yeah, these two cops, they were drag racing each other at 5 p.m., and they're both new. They're both rookies. Both rookies. Just like, come on, give me a break. And some reports said they were going up to 60 miles per hour. Some reports said they were going up to 90 miles per hour. Either way, I was not impressed. <laughs> right. If you're going to do it, do it big. Yeah. I was like looking for 120 or, yeah. you know, like that lady that got pulled over in you Kansas. You guys are cops. <laughs> you're supposed to be able to drive all fast and hot. She yeah. thought she was only going 129. She even told the cop that. <laughs> I, I was doing 129 just safely down the interstate. Hell of a car there. Jesus. All right, got another clip for you to play. Okay. Just the next one. Just I'm not even going to read any words that no. it says. I'm just going to click on it. Peoria's John Hinkle is a two-time NCAA bowling champion. He's oh, rolled nice. so many 300 games, he's lost count. But none were like the one last week. I had tears in my eyes for the 11th and 12th frame. I couldn't even tell you where that last ball went. I had so many tears in my eyes just throwing it. I just was hoping that it would strike, and it did. He bowled his 300 on his regular league night, but it was the first time he used a unique ball. Ooh. Hinkle bowls two-handed, and to do that legally, you can't have three holes in your bowling ball. Mm -hmm. So he filled the thumb hole of his ball with his father's ashes. Oh, wow. So right here is where the thumb hole used to be, so that's where the ashes are at. His father introduced bowling to John and his brother Joe, and they've bowled on the same team for years. I was talking to my brother earlier in the night. I go, I'm shooting a 300 tonight with this ball. He goes, do it. This makes up for so many nights growing up that we slept in the bowling alley while our parents were finishing league night. <laughs> yeah. Both John and Joe say this is an incredible achievement for their bowling family, and they both firmly believe their father John was present for this last Monday night. Yep. Dad always shot 298, 299, never had a 300. I had goosebumps, chills. I, it was, he was there. This was the best one. This is by far the best, and I, it was definitely the hardest one because, I mean, I was shaking. Wow, that's pretty excellent. Epic. Uh, one from me too, but there was a lot in that. <laughs> Got the score back up. It's hard without clothes to get. The muscle memory isn't the same. Rolling these balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have my bowling shoes on. Oh, it killed me when they said his dad never had a three hundred game. Two ninety nine, two ninety eight. Like, can you imagine? Oh, dude, if I ever get a two ninety nine, <laughs> that'll be the saddest day ever, bro. I got a 213 once. I was like, One pinch shy. <laughs> oh, jeez. And now I'm so out of bowling shape. But uh, thank you, Sir Kyle, for bringing that story to my attention. That's this, a great one. Oh, perfect for a the bowl. A feel-good story in the bowl. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I should have told you to read the clips because that was going to be my ender. But ah. that's all right. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> hop the border. <laughs> And you will see that this is why my show notes, just to let everyone behind the curtain, I send my show notes over to Spence with the clips, and I literally lay it out with my story, and then I highlight clip with the name of the clip so oh, that yeah, he can it. retrieve it. And I try to stay in order when I do this. Okay. <laughs> I'm learning new things in the bowl right it's now. It's all right. I know the kids broke your glasses, so it, it's all right if you didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll deal with that later. But yeah, yeah hop the border, and uh, the, there's a sheriff's office in Kansas that's uh, dealing with a lot worse problems than broken glasses. They seized $72,000 during a drug bust in 2017, but sometime over the past four years, that money disappeared out of evidence. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Must be fucking nice. <laughs> That's a lot of money to go missing. No doubt. And uh, From evidence it, lockers. Hmm. It was, who it was. Yeah. Who, who could access those? It was only discovered missing last year, which doesn't help. Oh, um, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation is looking into it, and they have ruled the previous sheriff out of it. Um, but oh, it must be nice to be must him be too. Fucking nice, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, we don't know who it is, except for it's definitely not Hank. It's not that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a definitely a fear of retribution retribution among employees in the department, though. So they're Oof. having a hard time getting anyone to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And uh, who would want to? Loose lips sink ships. Yeah, but in slipping my phone, peepee money. This is what kills me. I guess Kansas law is obviously different than Missouri law. But here in Missouri, whenever the cops seize cash assets from someone, they can then spend it on whatever they want, it seems. I, we used to live in Columbia, Missouri. Well, the civil asset forfeiture, yeah. Yeah, and it well, it was written in the city ordinances that the money was supposed to go to the schools. But then the cops, you know, they had just had so much cash sitting around, I guess. One day they just got that uh, bear cat, like a tank, you know? Yep. They bought f- fun things. Big Treated toys. it like pennies from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, I don't know. It's kind of like, when I first read this um, article, it kind of made me smile. Because I don't think cops should take people's money anyway. Right. It's like, they always want to say, oh, the money is, it's dirty money or whatever. But it's like, you can't prove that. I didn't it's cash. Having to sit in a storage locker is yeah. evidence. Evidence, I mean, come on. Have it in escrow at a bank or something, you know? Seriously. Third party should hold that or something. Yeah. And the cops aren't a third party. No. They're the prosecuting arm. Yeah, and someone got greedy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's going to be some bad karma. Uh, no doubt. Ooh. All right, one more clip. Okay. What was the history of the house? Just rough. It was owned by family my, members. Yes, my aunt and my uncle. It was built in the 1950s. Groton, Connecticut-based treasure hunter Keith Wiley posted YouTube video of a successful hunt for a Connecticut family that owns a house in Western Mass. They wanted a decades-old rumor settled about money hidden in the house. The money was placed there by... Uh, the two family members who owned the house. And recently, his metal detector was busy again, combing the attic of a client who found his service on the internet. So, okay, so people have looked over the years more than just your uncle. The family had hired carpenters in the past, but they came up empty-handed. But this treasure sleuth saw something in the floor that no one else noticed. So I've got a couple of signals over here. I'm going to take my endoscope camera, and I'm going to take a look under the floorboards through some of the cracks. When I dropped it into probably the second or third hole, I saw something weird. It had letters and numbers on it, and it was sort of a small silver something with a slot in it. And I realized after I focused on it, oh man, this is a keyhole. It was a gray metal box, and they slowly pulled up the creaky floorboards and finally settled the family rumor. Oh, look at that. I see some, I see 20s, I see 10s. $5,000 packets, 46,000 in all. 
wrapped in original bank straps hidden since the 50s. I think it was shock. I think we were all in shock. We talked by phone with a family member. We'll call Karen. Was your heart pounding? You believe it's true, but you don't really know it's true. Karen says the family hasn't decided what to do with the newfound treasure. Keith tells me he's done these treasure hunts for families before, but this is the first time that they hit it really big. Nice. That is a dream come true. <laughs> I just always have wanted to fucking find treasure or something, you know. In a house that you move into, especially, in an or old like house, any place we've ever rented. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I told you about that. And I love that they're just like. <laughs> that wall we beat down in the slums that we thought something would be behind. Yeah, but then you had a cool little stash wall. Yes, we you did. put it on hidden hinges. That's true. We <laughs> buried our own treasure back there. <laughs> yeah. And probably forgot something, too, when you moved out. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Nope. Oh, you didn't leave any goodies for the next one? <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, I would have just left like a creepy jarring or something. Or like a doll. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's my humor. But I love how they were just like, we had to settle these family rumors. They thought there might be cash in the house. Like, man, the only rumors in my family is like, whose ass my great grandpa did or did not beat? <laughs> There's no cash in there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah. Pretty good game. Still ending it on a high note. Yeah, no doubt. All in all. Oh, Boobery points out I should uh, plug the other podcast that we started. Oh, Misinformed yeah. Nation. It's like a uh, podcast review show. Every other Sunday morning, I'm trying to do it. So uh, you can find that on podserve.fm. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. But we got our first episode published. Woo! Woo! So it's fun. And uh, when can we hear the, when will the next episode be? Uh, this coming Sunday is, we're going to Sunday get together. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You got a time? Um, it's before no agenda. Okay. I don't know. Sunday morning. Yeah. I believe, cool. I believe at 930 is what we're aiming for. Is that right? It's been different. We'll put it in the, you got a, like a chat and a live stream and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we don't have a chat. Okay. I streamed on the bowl last time. Cool. We're putting it together one step at a time, you know? Yeah, it's a step in the right direction. There you go. Hey. Details, 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 <laughs> Boobery says. I know, it's like. Uh, I have La our. Lorraine's a journalist at heart. She just wants to know more. Yeah, I have a first time ever for next week. Oh, yeah? Brought to us by NetNed. NetNed, always coming through. The first time I ever. Shaved my privates. Oh, yeah, that'll be a good one. <laughs> I remember that. I remember him suggesting that. That'll be a good one. And hey, thanks so much for hanging out on another Token Tuesday. It's been fun hanging. Glad you're with us. I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I've been Dame DeLorean. Thanks for hanging through the technical difficulties, bowlers. And until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is a result of that. It's fucking embarrassing! Nice execution. You're doing terrific. <laughs>